Question 39 of Summa Theologica Prima Secundae, Treatise on the Passions. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Summa Theologica Prima Secundae, Treatise on the Passions, by St. Thomas Aquinas, translated by the Fathers of the English Dominican Province. Question 39. Of the goodness and malice of sorrow or pain. In four articles. We must now consider the goodness and malice of pain or sorrow, under which head there are four points of inquiry. First, whether all sorrow is evil. Second, whether sorrow can be a virtuous good. Third, whether it can be a useful good. Fourth, whether bodily pain is the greatest evil. First article, whether all sorrow is evil. Objection one, it would seem that all sorrow is evil. For Gregory of Nyssa, in his On the Nature of Man 19 says, all sorrow is evil from its very nature. Now what is naturally evil is evil always and everywhere. Therefore, all sorrow is evil. Objection to. Further, that which all, even the virtuous, avoid is evil. But all avoid sorrow, even the virtuous, since as stated in ethics 7.11 though the prudent man does not aim at pleasure yet he aims at avoiding sorrow therefore sorrow is evil objection three further just as bodily evil is the object and cause of bodily pain so spiritual evil is the object and cause of sorrow in the soul but every bodily pain is a bodily evil. Therefore, every spiritual sorrow is an evil of the soul. On the contrary, sorrow for evil is contrary to pleasure in evil. But pleasure in evil is evil. Wherefore, in condemnation of certain men, it is written, in Proverbs 2.14, that they were glad when they had done evil. Therefore, sorrow for evil is good. I answer that. A thing may be good or evil in two ways. First, considered simply and in itself, and thus all sorrow is an evil, because the mere fact of a man's appetite being uneasy about a present evil is itself an evil, because it hinders the response of the appetite in good. Secondly, a thing is said to be good or evil on the supposition of something else. Thus shame is said to be good on the supposition of a shameful deed done, as stated in Ethics 4.9. Accordingly, supposing the presence of something saddening or painful it is a sign of goodness if a man is in sorrow or pain 
on account of this present evil. For if he were not to be in sorrow or pain, this could only be either because he feels it not, or because he does not reckon it as something unbecoming, both of which are manifest evils. Consequently, it is a condition of goodness that, supposing an evil to be present, sorrow or pain should ensue. Wherefore Augustine says in On the Literal Meaning of Genesis 8.14, It is also a good thing that he sorrows for the good he has lost. For had not some good remained in his nature, he could not be punished by the loss of good. Because, however, in the science of morals, we consider things individually, for actions are concerned about individuals, that which is good on some supposition should be considered as good, just as that which is voluntary on some supposition is judged to be voluntary, as stated in Ethics 3.1 and likewise above in Question 6, Article 6. Reply to Objection 1. Gregory of Nyssa is speaking of sorrow on the part of the evil that causes it, but not on the part of the subject that feels and rejects the evil. And from this point of view, all shun sorrow, inasmuch as they shun evil. But they do not shun the perception and rejection of evil. The same also applies to bodily pain, because the perception and rejection of bodily evil is the proof of the goodness of nature. This suffices for the replies to the second and third objections. Second article, whether sorrow can be a virtuous good. Objection 1. It would seem that sorrow is not a virtuous good. For that which leads to hell is not a virtuous good. But, as Augustine says in On the Literal Meaning of Genesis 12.33, Jacob seems to have feared lest he should be troubled overmuch by sorrow, and so, instead of entering into the rest of the blessed, be consigned to the hell of sinners. Therefore, sorrow is not a virtuous good. Objection to. Further, the virtuous good is praiseworthy and meritorious. But sorrow lessens praise or merit. For the Apostle says in 2 Corinthians 9.7, Everyone, as he hath determined in his heart, not with sadness or of necessity. Therefore, sorrow is not a virtuous good. Objection 3. Further, as Augustine says in On the City of God, 14.15, Sorrow is concerned about those things which happen against our will. But to not will those things which are actually taking place is to have a will opposed to the decree of God, to whose providence whatever is done is subject. Since then, Conformity of the human to the divine will is a condition of the rectitude of the will, as stated above in question 19, article 9. It seems that sorrow is incompatible with rectitude of the will, and that, consequently, it is not virtuous. 
on the contrary whatever merits the reward of eternal life is virtuous but such is sorrow as is evident from matthew 5 5 blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted therefore sorrow is a virtuous good i answer that in so far as sorrow is good it can be a virtuous good for it has been said above in article one that sorrow is a good inasmuch as it denotes perception and rejection of evil these two things as regards bodily pain are a proof of the goodness of nature to which it is due that the senses perceive and that nature shuns the harmful thing that causes pain as regards interior sorrow perception of the evil is sometimes due to a right judgment of reason while the rejection of the evil is the act of the will well disposed and detesting that evil now every virtuous good results from these two things the rectitude of the reason and the will wherefore it is evident that sorrow may be a virtuous good reply to objection one all the passions of the soul should be regulated according to the rule of reason which is the root of the virtuous good but excessive sorrow of which augustine is speaking oversteps this rule and therefore it fails to be a virtuous good reply to objection to just as sorrow for an evil arises from a right will and reason which detest the evil so sorrow for a good is due to a perverse reason and will which detest the good consequently such sorrow is an obstacle to the praise and merit of the virtuous good for instance when a man gives an alms sorrowfully reply to objection three some things do actually happen not because god wills but because he permits them to happen such as sins consequently a will that is opposed to sin whether in oneself or in another is not discordant from the divine will penal evils happen actually even by god's will but it is not necessary for the rectitude of his will that man should will them in themselves but only that he should not revolt against the order of divine justice as stated above in question 19 article 10 third article whether sorrow can be a useful good objection one it would seem that sorrow cannot be a useful good for it is written in ecclesiasticus thirty twenty five sadness hath killed many and there is no profit in it objection to further choice is of that which is useful to an end but sorrow is not an object of choice in fact a thing without sorrow is to be chosen rather than the same thing with sorrow according to topics three two therefore 
sorrow is not a useful good. Objection 3. Further, everything is for the sake of its own operation, as stated in On the Heavens 2.3. But sorrow hinders operation, as stated in Ethics 10.5. Therefore, sorrow is not a useful good. On the contrary, the wise man seeks only that which is useful. But according to Ecclesiastes 7.5, The heart of the wise is where there is mourning, and the heart of fools where there is mirth. Therefore, sorrow is useful. I answer that, a twofold movement of the appetite ensues from a present evil. One is that whereby the appetite is opposed to the present evil, and in this respect sorrow is of no use. Because that which is present cannot be not present. The other movement arises in the appetite to the effect of avoiding or expelling the saddening evil and in this respect sorrow is of use if it be for something which ought to be avoided because there are two reasons for which it may be right to avoid a thing first because it should be avoided in itself on account of its being contrary to good for instance sin wherefore sorrow for sin is useful as inducing a man to avoid sin. Hence the Apostle says in Second Corinthians 7.9, I am glad, not because you are made sorrowful, but because you are made sorrowful unto penance. Secondly, a thing is to be avoided not as though it were evil in itself, but because it is an occasion of evil either through one's being attached to it and loving it too much, or through one's being thrown headlong thereby into an evil, as is evident in the case of temporal goods. And in this respect, sorrow for temporal goods may be useful. According to Ecclesiastes 7.3, It is better to go to the house of mourning than to the house of feasting, for in that we are put in mind of the end of all. Moreover, sorrow for that which ought to be avoided is always useful, since it adds another motive for avoiding it. Because the very evil is in itself a thing to be avoided, while everyone avoids sorrow for its own sake, just as everyone seeks the good and pleasure in the good. Therefore, just as pleasure in the good makes one seek the good more earnestly, so sorrow for evil makes one avoid evil more eagerly. Reply to Objection 1 This passage is to be taken as referring to excessive sorrow, which consumes the soul. For such sorrow paralyzes the soul and hinders it from shunning evil as stated above, in question 37, Article 2. Reply to Objection 2. 
just as any object of choice becomes less eligible by reason of sorrow so that which ought to be shunned is still more to be shunned by reason of sorrow and in this respect sorrow is useful reply to objection three sorrow caused by an action hinders that action but sorrow for the cessation of an action makes one do it more earnestly fourth article whether bodily pain is the greatest evil objection one it would seem that pain is the greatest evil because the worst is contrary to the best according to ethics eight ten but a certain pleasure is the greatest good notably the pleasure of bliss therefore a certain pain is the greatest evil objection to further happiness is man's greatest good because it is his last end but man's happiness consists in his having whatever he will and in willing not amiss as stated above in question three article four objection five question five article eight objection three therefore man's greatest good consists in the fulfillment of his will now pain consists in something happening contrary to the will as augustine declares in on the city of god fourteen six and fifteen therefore pain is man's greatest evil objection three further augustine argues thus in soliloquy one twelve we are composed of two parts that is of a soul and a body whereof the body is the inferior now the sovereign good is the greatest good of the better part while the supreme evil is the greatest evil of the inferior part but wisdom is the greatest good of the soul while the worst thing in the body is pain therefore man's greatest good is to be wise while his greatest evil is to suffer pain on the contrary guilt is a greater evil than punishment as was stated in the first part question 48 article 6 but sorrow or pain belongs to the punishment of sin just as the enjoyment of changeable things is an evil of guilt for augustine says in on the true religion twelve what is pain of the soul except for the soul to be deprived of that which it was wont to enjoy or had hoped to enjoy and this is all that is called evil that is sin and the punishment of sin therefore sorrow or pain is not man's greatest evil i answer that it is impossible for any sorrow or pain to be man's greatest evil for all sorrow or pain is either for something that is truly evil or for something that is apparently evil but good in reality now pain or sorrow for that which is truly evil cannot be the greatest evil 
for there is something worse, namely, either not to reckon as evil that which is really evil, or not to reject it. Again, sorrow or pain for that which is apparently evil, but really good, cannot be the greatest evil, for it would be worse to be altogether separated from that which is truly good. Hence, it is impossible for any sorrow or pain to be man's greatest evil. Reply to Objection 1. Pleasure and sorrow have two good points in common, namely, a true judgment concerning good and evil, and the right order of the will in approving of good and rejecting evil. Thus it is clear that in pain or sorrow there is a good, by the removal of which they become worse. And yet there is not an evil in every pleasure, by the removal of which the pleasure is better. Consequently, a pleasure can be man's highest good in the way stated above in question 34, article 3, whereas sorrow cannot be man's greatest evil. Reply to Objection 2. The very fact of the will being opposed to evil is a good, and for this reason sorrow or pain cannot be the greatest evil, because it has an admixture of good. Reply to Objection 3. That which harms the better thing is worse than that which harms the worse. Now a thing is called evil because it harms, as Augustine says in Enchiridion 12. Therefore, that which is an evil to the soul is a greater evil than that which is an evil to the body. Therefore, this argument does not prove nor does Augustine give it as his own, but has taken it from another, notably Cornelius Celsus. End of question 39 Read by Michael Shane Craig Lambert, L.C.